Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to the Deck Arts Podcast. Um, today we are going to be talking about Weeksville Heritage Center, which is in Brooklyn. Um, I just went today, a rainy day, so it's fresh on my mind, and I'm here with Alexis, who is a first year in the program, um, and I've never had her on the podcast, obviously, so I'm really excited to talk about it. She wrote about Weeksville um, for our period room class with Sarah Lawrence and Barry Harwood, and the class was amazing, so I'm excited for her to come on and sort of talk about her opinion. Um about the rooms and the period rooms and then just her opinion on the Heritage Center in general because it's a really interesting place and I think it gets overlooked often when you're when people in general talk about um, historical centers or homes in New York because it is um, pretty far outside the city it's the last stop on the four train Um, but totally doable I'm pretty close to the Brooklyn Museum so Um, it would be interesting to talk about why that might be as well. So um, why did you pick the Weeksville Heritage Center? Well, um, in our program or in art history in general, um, it's sort of Eurocentric. So I just wanted to bring another discussion to our our class, um, some other kind of um, design um, study that had more to do with maybe America or, you know, other cultures. Mm -hmm. I thought that was important. Yes, and what, so I guess I'll explain, sorry, for everyone who doesn't know what Weeksville is, and I'll post, there's a lot of flyers and current events that they have going on, so I'll post all of that on my Twitter, so if anyone's interested, they can check out the events, and it's obviously on their website, Um, but it's a free African-American settlement pre-Civil War era. From Um, the 1830s. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, so that's really interesting that it's not like a sort of enslaved peoples. It's free African-Americans setting up a pretty large, um, uh, small village. I mean, but it's it's not a small village, I wouldn't say, because they had an elderly home. They had a school and two churches. Yes, it's a whole town where they had their own businesses and their own churches and their own um, uh um, elderly homes, like you said, um, a home for um, orphan children. Um, it was a place for refuge where um, people from the South could come, and they really did find refuge there. And then um, also the Brooklyn Bridge hadn't been built yet, so it was really isolated, and they felt safe from um, the draft riots, um, the Civil War draft riots that were happening in Manhattan. So they would they went to Weeksville for... Um, for refuge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting that we think about it being this really built-up place now. I guess Brooklyn is, I mean, it is, it's part of the boroughs, but back then they have, like, these pictures, and it really was dirt roads. It was dirt road and farmland, and <laughs> not what we think of <laughs> as Brooklyn today. Not at all. No. Yeah. And um, so what's left of Weeksville is um, these four homes— and what dates do they range from? I can't remember. The way they've interpreted them is the 1860s, 1900, and 1930s. Um, and they do that um, through families. Um, the first one, they don't, actually, they don't focus on a family, but um, they they just interpret how the family would have lived, a family during that period. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. So 
When you went on your tour, do you sort of want to explain your experience for people? Like, what was it like? Um, because I had, and then I maybe I can tell you what mine was like and see if there's any differences. Yes, because I, I actually went on the tour twice. And I had different experiences each time. <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's because of the um, the number of people that might have been in, in the group. Um, maybe we had more time because the group was smaller and they had more time for questions. Um, also, I had different guides and one was sort of just learning the, um, the history and, and learning how to present it to the public and then another one was more experienced so Mm -hmm. she had more information and pointed out a little bit more than the other Mm. yeah Yeah. that's interesting I had the same experience where I think he was a little bit more new and so um it was hard because you have so many questions but you're not sure how much they know Mm -hmm. um and it's nice the tour is relatively inexpensive it's Tuesdays through Fridays at 3 Mm p.m so there's only one time um, but yeah, but it's nice that they tell you it's a, a, it's a curated experience is what he said. Yes. Which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting that they're not, the houses were, the, the two houses were, could not be salvaged, their interiors. I don't think it's sort of a, um, they had to be fully restored. Whereas the other one, they, the third family from the 1930s was still inhabiting the house, correct? Yes. And they purchased the, um, the house from from the family. Mm-hmm. And that's the house you focused on. Yes, the dining room, and they call it the Williams family house. Um, and what's special about the Williams family is that because you had all those generations living in the home, um, you have they have oral history that could help them recreate the home. Um, they had certain objects to look at that they could... The objects are not original to the home, but they were able to um, buy objects that um, reflected what they would have had in the home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From interviews, they named mm-hmm. specific objects? Um, they were able to visit with some of the family members and take pictures of the objects, and then they would compare them and then buy, um, purchase um, period furniture that, was, that looked very similar. That's amazing. That's so cool. And you wouldn't be able to have that experience even now, but they knew they had the foresight to say, well, these people are maybe going to pass away soon. So they, you know, they went through all the effort and, you know, created a rich oral history for people to um, be able to hear about how they lived. And that was really important. Yeah, it's really amazing. That's it's also the most has the most objects, I think, out of all the um, interiors that you are able to go into. And it's probably because of maybe the oral, oral history that they were able to have and maybe written records, right? They only know. So the street is, um, what, the street is called what? It starts with an H, right? Oh, Hunter Fly Road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the road. And so all the houses are in a line. Um, and so they're all like on this the Hunter Fly Road. So they know all the people that lived on the road, but not necessarily which houses. Or um, I don't know. I'm really not sure if they know um, every specific family that rented. They have census records, so they do know some families, but um, they do know who owned the properties. Mm. Um, 
but they can't, I don't, I don't think that they're able to tell you, um, specifically, um, who lived in certain houses through every period of time. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, it's, and they're really piecing a lot together. Um, there's a book about Weeksville that, um, that really lays all of that out and shows you how they were able to piece it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's only really one scholarly book written mm-hmm. about Weeksville. And then I think other books that exist now um, are more about the discovery of it, um, which is also a whole other amazing story about how they did all these archaeological digs. And they, have all, they actually have thousands of objects that they did, that they discovered, and they're not on display um, unless you ask... The tour guide, you would have to ask them about what's on display for them to tell you. Otherwise, they're sort of giving you a general history and not so much about what, how um, the objects are displayed and what's recreated. They're not really telling you that on the tour. You'd have to ask them. But um, when I did ask, um, they did have a couple of archaeological objects on display in the 1860s house. I don't know if you didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> and that was and that was from the person who didn't know much, but she. Uh, oh no! Someone was on the tour with her, so that um, knew a little bit more. So, um, yeah, that was really interesting, and it'll be it'll be really great because I learned from the um, archives coordinator that they're planning on opening the um, seventeen oh six to seventeen oh eight Hunterfly Road house, and they're going to display um, a lot of the archaeological objects that were found, and um, and have some other. Um, other didactic information about all the all the houses. And so what are where do they house all these objects? Um, they have an archive on, on the premises, but then I think they have a they do have an off-site archive where you can request um, things and then they'll bring them to you if you want to um, research more. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, cuz the campus itself there's a more modern building that sort of reflects um, African-American culture and West African sort of design, um, like the walls and the ceiling. Um, it's a really interesting building, I think, um, but it's more modern, and but it's large. So I didn't know if some of a lot of this stuff was there. Yeah, they mainly hold events in that building. Um, and, that, and that was when you asked about my, my opinion. <laughs> um I think there's a little bit of a missed opportunity where they could probably display a little bit more in those spaces. But, um, I mean, I guess they're organizing that. Um, I did speak to the archives coordinator, and she told me that she's really the person that's um, designing what objects will be on display. Like, she's the person. And they, they're hiring um, external contractor, I mean, um, curators to come in. But um, she's the person that's really deciding all of these things. So they're, they're implementing some design changes and how they're going to display objects and what they're going to include to educate the public more. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. So based on all of this information, what sort of was your opinion and how how did you lay it out in your paper? And then sort of what was your final conclusion in terms of how Weeksville is interpreted? I think Weeksville is really important because... Um, I'm an advocate for tolerance education, and I think that the more we know about certain cultures, um, the better off we are. <laughs> um, and also, um, 
it's important for other African-Americans to see this example of how um, other African-Americans lived in a time of turmoil when they were under lots of pressure and stress and that they were able to persevere and um, create their own environment that and, and were able to thrive. And I think that's inspiring for any African-American, especially um, any African-American that's feeling any kind of discrimination where it's really important um, to see these images. Um, I took a trip to South Africa and that was really important for me because you're not just seeing um, one way that African-Americans live. You're seeing all different ways that African-Americans uh, live. But that's Africans in South Africa. But you're just seeing people of color live in all different ways. And Weeksville is a good example of that. And um, and also just about tolerance education, just learning about other cultures. You know, when you, when you know more about one group, um, you're just able to connect more. And I think that's what the tours um, are successful at, that mm-hmm. they really bring you in and they really explain to you how these people would have lived. And then you say, oh, that's how I live. <laughs> or, you know, that's something that I went through. Or, um, and also as close, like the 1930s house is so close to people who are still alive today, may have grown up in the house or um, people who have similar homes. And they, it's, it's really cool, even with... Um, tenement museum i feel like they do something similar where a lot of people you walk into it and you say oh i have that in my house or it's it's so it's close enough to the present where people can um, relate to it yeah exactly there is even someone on our tour today whose um uh, mother or grandmother had um the stove in the 1930s um house and it was cool to see her like her attitude towards it totally changed when we stepped into the kitchen. She was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, my mom was the same way. I took my mom the first time I ever went, and she was excited about that also. And even um, we have a 100-year-old house, and so sometimes when I go into, like, Tenement Museum or I go in, in, in Weeksville, I see similar things, you know, similar design features, and I'll say, oh, wow, we have that in our house. So even for me and, you know... Um, as a young person. So it's, it's, it's really relatable. And, um, and I like that they ask, um, people on the tour to, um, provide anecdotes or whatever they may know. I think that's cool because sometimes even the tour guides, because they're young and maybe they're not, everyone doesn't know as much as the other, but I think that, um, it offers a a wider view because some people know more than others. And, um, there was a man who was on my tour who was actually a part of the reconstruction project of the houses. <laughs> and I wish I had talked more to, <laughs> to him. <laughs> and he went, yeah, we had to, we repainted these walls and we put in this, these light fixtures. And I went, whoa. <laughs> so yeah, you, it's, it's, it's such a commute. They're from Brooklyn. So, you know, it's really, um, it's also important for, for Brooklynites because they're able to see the history of Brooklyn and, and, um, know what's so close and near them Mm -hmm. this can be so inspirational and um it's so much education behind it and also um if you watch some of the films about um weeksville and what their mission is the weeksville society um you'll see that a lot of it is all it's all about education it's all about actually educating the young um there's one film called digging for black pride and that one specifically is um, 
really amazing because they really show you how they try to educate the children so that they can grow up in a different, um, more aware and more inspired and more self-aware. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they focus a lot on um, school groups, I think, because there were quite a few that were leaving as my tour was starting, which I thought was really, in, like, it was so important to for, you know, not so much high school or college. I mean, it's so important for them, but to be that young and sort of understand where you're living is so much has so much more of a path than you can see just from your buildings. Um, Because there's, it's interesting, our tour guide mentioned that eventually Weeksville sort of got grown over, and it's now nothing around it's called Weeksville. Like, the town, like... Yeah, it's not. I I think by the time the 1930s, it it wasn't called Weeksville anymore. Um, It just grew into Bed-Stuy Crown Heights. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's no longer Weeksville. It just means different um, other cultural groups started to move into the area. And um, it just developed into what Brooklyn is today. So it's not it's not even necessarily that Weeksville went away, but it just it just evolved into something else like any other area. Yeah. Yeah. In not, an urban city would. Yeah. I just found that so interesting that this it was like encroached upon and then like just became part of the rest of the urban landscape. Yeah, and my paper is interesting because um, the 1930s house is during a period when it's not called Weeksville. So um, it's just interesting how they've included that in the story of how African-American families lived Mm -hmm. um, in that area over time. It's not... It's not necessarily a part of the 1830s, 1860s story, but it's about it's about showing different ways African Americans have lived and how similar they are and how different those mm-hmm. experiences are. Um, and when you say that about um, educating young children, I, I feel like I don't know if this is common. I, this is my observation um, in South Africa. Um, it's interesting when you go to apartheid museums. And they have small children going to these museums. And sometimes there's violent content. But um, I feel like they're very self-aware. And, you know, it just it gives them a better sense of self and pride because they know that history. And I don't know if that's because they're taught that very young. Um, but I'm assuming that it is, and I think that Weeksville is probably doing the same thing, and that would be in line with what their goals were um, in the 1970s when they were first um, doing their programming at the Weeksville Society. Um, it was really about educating children and, like, you know, um, helping them grow into a different future and have a better sense of self. So I think this is a common thread, and I think it's important because um, African Americans don't always have the same. Um, images in popular culture or or, or they're not represented um, the way that we, are, we actually live. So um, I think that these places are really important to just show normal <laughs> African-American families and not a caricature of how African-Americans live. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very historical in it, what it's portraying. And there's not... Um, I mean, they provide you so... Um, many opportunities their website is amazing to sort of look further and deeper and they encourage questions 
um, they're not just lecturing sort of at you like some tours I feel like can be. Yeah, this was it's it's a very I feel like it's a fun tour because you're able to um, interact with other people on the tour and um, yeah, just really ask so many questions. The only the only issue is with such a short amount of time that you're on the tour that you're not. You know, I I would just encourage keep going back there <laughs> because each time you'll see something different, um, or maybe your tour guide will have a different perspective on it, and they'll. But I mean, that could be that could be anywhere. You mm-hmm. could have a tour guide in another place, and they have a different perspective and story that maybe they want to tell because that's their voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, that's true. So how does, do you ever talk about how the museum, besides sort of the school groups, how does it fit into the urban um, environment now and how it works with the neighborhood? I mean, what's their relationship now? I'm, I would say, I mean, it's great to go during the week at 3 p.m. Tuesday to Friday, but every second Saturday, at least for 2018, I would just contact Weeksville to find out if they're going to continue it in the future. But during the year um, 2018, every second Saturday of the month, they have extra programming, arts and crafts, um, music, and all kinds of really cool things on the weekend. And it's so much fun. Performances. And um, I think that's really um that's the way that they connect with the community. And I, it, you really see it when you're in that environment all day. <laughs> and they hold more tours during the day on those second Saturdays, about like four during the day. So, um, yeah, it's really important. I mean, there are, like you mentioned, there's a lot of programming. There are writing workshops and um, plays that maybe are based on the history of Weeksville. Um, yeah, they just have so many fun yeah. Fun, like fun programming and important for African-Americans, you know, maybe they want to just have a discussion. I think they have one for black women um, where they can just talk to each other about their experiences. And, you know, it's just it's just a good place to um, educate yourself and just have fun. And and it's also just a beautiful building. <laughs> the Wakesville Center is really beautiful and relaxing to be in. You don't have to be there buying something. You don't have to go on the tour. You can just be there and and sit in their environment and maybe um, watch them play, or maybe you can just um, work on something there. I mean, it is a beautiful building and beautiful space. Even um, you can really tell it was farmland, and they used to grow. They used to grow things around the houses, so it's really, it's really lush <laughs> around there. And um, yeah, yeah, they've. It's interesting. Um, I don't know. It, it looks like it takes up a whole block, but it's like the you enter through like the more modern building, and then there's a huge grass area, mm-hmm. and then the homes. Like it's not like it's just the homes. Like it's it has also retained um, the landscape too, which is really important. Yeah, that's part of that's part of the story of Weeksville also because when you take the tour, I don't know if they mentioned this on your tour, but they they would grow their own food and then they would also sew their own clothes. <laughs> and, you know, it's just interesting to see how they were able to live and, and live in these, they're, they're beautiful middle-class homes. Um, and, you know, you would wonder like, oh, during this time period, maybe, you know, they're from this certain economic class. How did they live like this? It's so beautiful. And then you really, I like that rich, um, 
story of, oh, they grew their own food and this is where Mrs. Williams would do this or this is where Mr. Williams would do this. Even outside of the Williams home, they have um, a dog house that he built and, you know, that exterior shed where, well, not a shed, but um, sort of like an enclosed patio where they would have dinners outside. And, you know, it's, it's the, the outdoors is as much, it is very important, just like the inside mm-hmm. to, with the story of how they lived. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And so then the third building, the one that um, it has exhibit, or it's the other side of a building that you can go into. It's like there, it's like a double home. And on the other side, he said there was an exhibition um, center. They were doing like an art exhibit on the other side. That's what he mentioned. But I was It's never been open oh. <laughs> the last two times. Did you go in there? Or was it no, open? we didn't. Get, it wasn't open for us either. I think I heard someone say that also, <laughs> but it's not open for um, people to go in. There's the three tours. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. They do the 1860s house, the 1900s, and 1930s. They don't. Yeah, that that had that hasn't been open the last. I mean, I've went on the tour twice, but I've been there multiple times after just being around and talking to people and stuff. So, um, yeah, that building hasn't been open. It's it's really the larger house all the way on the left that's going to be the major exhibition space where they're going to put all of the archaeological objects and other didactic stuff. So. It okay. should be. It should be fun. Yeah, that's when it's exciting. open. Yeah, I want to see more about these people. <laughs> the the deeper you dig, the more you're interested in it. And I would I would just encourage people if you're just interested in research um, about Weeksville, just contact the archives coordinator. Just email Weeksville and just say, oh, I'm interested in this particular type of thing. I want to know about the restoration, or I want to know about. Um, I want to know about the 1860s house and they, the person's really knowledgeable and she can direct you to all kinds of um, information that's really interesting. And um, they have a bunch of unprocessed stuff that's just fun to look through. Um, you can really see the publicity behind the restoration of this building, how, how important it was to how, how people felt the importance of restoring these houses and the deep history that's involved in, and I mean, that's present there and, um, all the celebrities that were supporting it and like um, fundraisers that they did it was it's really it's really fun to look through and go whoa look at Leontine Price did a concert or Pete Seeger did a concert to support this it's it's really That's it's so really cool. fun to look through and also just to the the restoration is such a great that's what my paper was on the restoration of of this of this house and you can really see the first plan to um, restore it so that it's it's up to code in New York, and then then when they started to get creative and make it into a curated space, so it's, all of these things are really cool to just research. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a research nerd, but yeah. but I think I think the whole story is interesting, all the aspects of it. So yeah, definitely, I think it would be cool um, when the archaeological exhibition opens or part of the tour opens um to have a better understanding of the people that live there because i that's what i want to know about like who were they what did they do what were their you know like and there's a lot of there's a lot of newspaper articles that talk about parties that they held or um there's all kinds of information about women's groups and like amazing things that um 
they're just not displaying right now. But I know that that's in the in the works for them. And yeah, um, yeah it's just yeah, it's gonna be really great. <laughs> and I'm saying this as a person that. Um, it's just a visitor, not, I'm not in any way affiliated with Weeksville. I've just done research on it. And I just, I think it's just such an amazing place that, um, everyone should go there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely check it out. I do have one last question. So the guy who sort of started this whole thing was a Pratt, Pratt Institute, um, student, correct? Or he was sort of the one who... He was a um, a teacher of a workshop that was that they were doing about um, historic areas in Brooklyn, and he found these houses. Like he happened to come upon them, and then um, did a helicopter ride and found these homes in this <laughs> in a, a row. And, yeah, like he they, he and he took photographs of it, and you can find that in the Weeksville archives. Also, his photography and newspaper articles. There's so many newspaper articles about um, Weeksville, um, and they'll show you um, aerial photographs of when he found these houses dilapidated, and um, and then he started to. Um, put together sort of a coalition of community and yeah, it was a real group effort um, to protect these houses and, 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 and know that this was an important thing to save mm. um, because they just wanted to make room for just more urban housing. Yeah. But um, it's an important history of New York. It's an important history of Brooklyn, of African-American culture, of, um, yeah, just to understand more about America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, wait, I had one more question. Oh, so the archives, are they digitized? No. Oh, no, <laughs> that's such a bummer. No. Um, I mean, unless you're listening to um, the oral history or um, you could look at the, um, they have a pre-visit packet for school tours Mm -hmm. which sounds silly but there are um like for an adult to look at that but it's it does have a lot of information and it has photographs of the people who live there that they found at digs and um and what streets used to look like then and that's that stuff is cool to look at but um but no it's not um I didn't find anything online and then um I would had I had to get permission to use any images and things like that so um that's why I encourage you to go in their archive and just um, just have a day there. <laughs> and they're open late on Wednesdays. You can go anytime during the day. You make an appointment. You call them and, or, or um, email them and make an appointment and then say what you're interested in and then they'll um, make an appointment for you and guide you a little bit on what you want to, what you're interested in. But that's really, that's really the only way. I think when they open up that extra building, I think that will, you'll have more information but it's not it's not digitized (laughs) i went through a lot of papers (laughs) yes i'm sure um well thanks so much for coming on the podcast and telling us about weeksville and hopefully everyone goes and checks it out um also the bowery boys uh podcast did an episode on weeksville so if they might have like more information than what we provided but um i'll put up the links to all the websites um there's a couple of artists who currently have artwork hanging up, so I'll put the links to all of their pages and articles. Um, but, Alexis, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.